The following program is a presentation of Lakeshore Communications Inc. and do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of Lakeshore Communications Inc., its sponsors or donors. Three, From the studios of WORQ in Wisconsin, this is the Stand Up For The Truth podcast. Today's issues, overlooked headlines, and biblical observations, equipping the remnant around the globe. Got your sword handy? This is Stand Up For The Truth. Thursday, February 8, 2024, first new podcast. I'm Crash. Mary Danielson is back, and I uh, hate to put you on the spot, but... uh, when I was visiting with Paul Schaufferter this week, we did uh, reach out and uh, pray over you. I know you were having some health challenges, mm-hmm. but yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad the Lord sustains you, and you're back at the uh, host mic today. Well, you know, sometimes you just learn to take one day at a time, as hard as that is sometimes, because we have our you know our plans and all these things going on, but uh, sometimes the Lord just has us take one day at a time and trust ever more and ever deeper. So, uh, yes, welcome to Stand Up For The Truth for February 8th in Wisconsin, where it's going to be 50 degrees and raining. And I don't know of a winter like this. I, this has been a mighty strange one, but we'll take it. My guest today, Dr. Brady Blevins from Watchman Fellowship, along with his extensive knowledge on cults and how to reach people ensnared in cults for Jesus. Watchman.org, and I'm going to give the website ahead of time because it is a very comprehensive guide to cults and apologetics. So this will be, um, I'm looking at a very valuable hour for our listeners out there. My scripture this morning is First John 4, 1-5, which says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world and the world listens to them. Powerful verses there. Would you pray with me this morning? Oh, Lord, we thank you for your abundant grace and mercy and how you have made us to be new creations. You've sanctified us by your word, and you are preparing an eternity with you. We pray for those who are caught up in false teaching, Lord, that you would open their eyes to the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you that you do rescue us and the Spirit leads us into all truth. I want to lift up those suffering uh, out west, Lord, especially California, from recent weather extremes. And, uh, Lord, we pray that you'd be working over there and working in people's lives in a mighty way. We lift up Brady to you this morning and the Watchman Ministry for good health, for endurance for them, uh, for open doors to rescue people from falsehood, for protection for him and his loved ones. Lord, and we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, Dr. Brady Blevins, Senior Apologist, Watchman Fellowship, also a former senior pastor with over 15 years of ministry experience, and he truly has a heart for sharing the gospel and the truth of the gospel to those who have been deceived by counterfeit Christianity, the occult, cults, false religions. In addition to time spent in church ministry, he has also served as a college professor and administrator over the last uh, decade plus. So welcome to Stand Up for the Truth, Brady. Uh, good morning, Mary. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you on today, and I'm, I'm going to ask you right out of the gate here to tell us a little bit about Watchman Fellowship, how long has it been around, uh, and then I'm going to ask you after that about 
the website because it's just loaded. So how did how did Watchmen get started? Well, Watchmen started in about 1978. Hmm. I think technically uh, 1979 is, is when it actually incorporated. Uh, but it was started by a man by the name of David Hinky, and he is uh, he's still with us. He's on our board of directors hmm. and, uh, and active in serving the Lord. He um, he began the ministry really kind of as a as a reach out to those who had been deceived by other faiths, and specifically, really Jehovah's Witnesses. And so what he did is he established this ministry in uh, in Georgia, and he he got to work, and about six, seven years later, there was a, a young man who had just left Mormonism, and he was trying to figure it all out, and his name was James Walker, and he uh, he eventually came on, started the Arlington, Texas office, which is the one that I work at, and... Um, about 10 years after that, he became the president of Watchman Fellowship, and we've just continued on with our focus on cults, the occult, New Age spirituality, false religions, and uh, looking to try to equip believers to be effective in communicating the true gospel mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So, so important. On the website, you have uh, so many things on the menu, Index of Cults and Religions, Fast Facts, which is great, because if people don't have a lot of time to absorb they can start there. Um, a lot of articles, and then one particular resource. Uh, it's called um, a profile um, collection on cults and religions. Tell me a little bit about that. It looks like a pretty comprehensive book here. Oh yes, it is. Uh, we've we've been doing this for over thirty years. Mm. It's now over six hundred sixty pages uh, in length, and I got to tell you, it's the it's my favorite thing that we do mm. in the ministry. Uh, and what it is, uh, we put out six times a year this thing that we call a profile. And what it is, it's a four-page document that's kind of like a presidential briefing. You know, the president can't know uh, everything about everything, but uh, what this is designed to do is to give you enough information to have an intelligible conversation um, on a number of topics. It could be a cult, it could be a false religion, it could be... A, um, a dangerous teaching or teacher. It could even be a movie like The Secret or, or a book like The Shack. Um, and so we, we've covered the topic. We, we've really covered everything from acupuncture to Zoroastrian. <laughs> a to Z. <laughs> I wanted to uh, mention, I, I like the recent profile that you sent. I, I, I'm, a, uh, I'm a member of Watchman.org and I support the ministry. And you even had one that came out right after October 7th about what was going on in Israel and about Hamas. And like mm-hmm. you said, I, I think it's very, they're a great resource because, as, as he mentioned, you can look at it and get a pretty good idea what, what it's all about. It's just facts and biblical mm-hmm. uh, perspectives. It's, it's, it's not a commentary or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, we, we, we get straight to this. We try to, for uh, experts in the right just any old person to, to do the writing. We're looking to get the best of the best. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good. It's called the Watchman Fellowship Profile Notebook. It's It looks great. I have an ad here in front of me for it. Again, watchman.org, and I really encourage the listener while we're talking or, or anytime you're hearing this to go on watchman.org and look at the resources because um, it just seems like everybody has someone in their life or knows someone who's in one of these cults. And I want to I want to jump right mm-hmm. in here Um First, I want to read a Walter Martin quote, because Walter Martin, when, when I was a young believer, was sort of the uh, the resource for cults. And he said, when people say, I believe in Jesus, 
I look them straight in the eye and ask, which one? And Brady, I want to start out with, you know, the Jesus of Mormonism, Jehovah's Witnesses, Islam, even progressive theology, they're all different. You know, when if ever I've said to someone when they tell me what they believe, I say, I'm sorry, you have the wrong Jesus. They look at me with a blank stare, and I'm wondering, maybe that's proof that people probably don't think twice about creating a God in their own image in order to be comfortable in their chosen spiritual path. And, and uh, Brady, we've all had that knock on our door from Mormons or, or mm-hmm. Je- Jehovah's Witnesses. You know, what is our first response? Fight or flight? You know, is someone home with the truth about Jesus in eternity? Uh, does God want us to reach these people with the truth? And so that's kind of what I want to kick things off here today and talk about Jehovah Witnesses in this first half, Mormonism in the second half. Um, Brady, who is the God, the Jesus of Jehovah Witnesses? I mean, their doctrinal positions are clearly not orthodox. Um, let's just jump in wherever you want to jump in about the doctrines of Jehovah Witnesses and how we can share Jesus with them. Absolutely. One of the big things that you'll notice as you talk to Jehovah's Witnesses, they definitely put this huge emphasis on the name of God. And it's it's Jehovah, um, which is kind of interesting when you think about it, because the word Jehovah is, is kind of a, you know, I know people are getting excited when I say this. It's essentially a made-up word. It's taking the Tetragrammaton and um, and reversing it instead of going right to left, left to right, adding in those vowel markers that weren't originally there, and then transliterating the word, and that's how we get Jehovah. Um, it, but yet, so they're a sacred name cult. But then what do you do with Jesus? What do you do with the Holy Spirit? They don't believe in the Trinity. And so for uh, for them, Jesus is not the Son of God. He's actually the Archangel Michael, who didn't die on the cross for you. Instead, he died on a torture stake, uh, and he did not rise bodily. It, it was a only a spiritual resurrection. And that's that's the uh, that's the Jesus of the Jehovah's Witness. So you say, okay, well, what about the Holy Spirit? Well, the Holy Spirit uh, is not a person. It's it's an impersonal force, kind of like uh, think about like electricity. They they don't view the Holy Spirit as God. They don't view uh, Jesus as God, and and to do so would be would be. But if, if you are uh, someone who's read the Bible, you don't even have to be a. It's obvious throughout the pages of the New Testament that uh, makes claim followers uh, believed he was. How do you how do you get around that? I mean, it's it's just simple. In fact, I even had a Jehovah's Witness. Uh, he and I were talking, and I said, if all you had, if all you had, was just the Bible, the King James version of the Bible, that's all you had, and you never heard of the Watchtower, what would you think about Jesus? And he and he was honest, and he said, well, I would think he was God. And so what they've done is they've they have to go back and make their own translation, uh, the New World translation, where they've gone in and they've inserted uh, other, or maybe most famously in John one one. Uh, you know, we know the Bible says, "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was." And now we know it says God, but they've inserted a, so it, the Word was a God, oh, and this, uh, especially the New Testament. Um, adding words and, and making some changes that that aren't uh, in line with proper interpretation of the Greek language mm. to be able to move themselves to a place where they 
try to hold to their theology. Yeah, yeah. The interesting thing about both uh, Jehovah Witnesses and Mormonism is they both claim um, that the Bible is untrue or inadequate, um, and so then they have to, you know, have books to describe the Bible and tell you what the Bible means, and and yeah. um, that, you know, half God said. Now we're back in Genesis 3 all of a sudden. Um, right. So that that is exactly true of both of these major cults. And I'm looking, too, at... Um, the doctrine and practice of, of Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, Jesus, it says here, throughout ages of living with Jehovah, before his incarnation, Jesus came to be just like his father. It almost sounds almost like the Mormon, that we will become gods. Is, is that kind mm-hmm. of where they're at? Do they believe that as well? Not not the same as, okay. as Mormons. So for Jehovah's Witnesses, they believe that there are, are two groups of God's people. Okay. Us which constitutes the 144,000, and they're the only ones that are going to heaven. And then you say, okay, what about the rest of Jehovah's Witness? Uh, well, this is known as the great cloud. And this, this goes back to a parable mm. that Jesus told in Matthew. Now, these folks are going to go to paradise earth. He said, we've got non-believers. Is there a hell? Mm. Now they just uh, believe in that those folks will be annihilated. And so for me, you know, one of my first questions is I started studying this, and, and I asked Jehovah's Witnesses this. I said, you know, are you part of the anointed class? And uh, they said, well, you know, no, no, I'm, I don't I don't believe I am. And I'm like, you know, well, <laughs> like, what do you think about that? You're not going to heaven. And many of them will try to stuff really want to go to heaven. You want to go to paradise earth. And I'm thinking, hmm. no, I want to be in the presence of God for all eternity. That's what I want. You know, I'm just I'm just biding my time here on earth until he tells me it's time to go home, you know. Mm. Uh, it, but, but this is this is the thought. And, of course, even how you get to the 144,000, um, that's really kind of problematic because the game has changed on how you count that number. And if if you're looking at the, if you're looking at the statistics, it seems like that we've well gone past that. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that's definitely true. I'm, as I'm thinking about Jehovah's Witnesses, I'm thinking about Gnosticism, because I've done quite a bit of research on that by virtue of two mm-hmm. things. One is this hidden knowledge that they claim to have that, that no one else has, and also yeah. by virtue of a non-physical resurrection. That is Gnosticism through and through. And mm-hmm. um, I know that uh, Paul and, and John and Jude uh, f- uh, focused on that, and, and we, they don't name it in the scriptures, but boy, if you if you look deeply enough, you will see and hear Gnosticism in Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormonism at the same time. So there's nothing new under the sun, right? Is that correct, Brady? <laughs> uh, absolutely. I mean, you're you're right on uh, with that. In, you know, a lot of times, you know, you, you say like the word cult, and people kind of draw back a little yeah. bit. And, you know, like, oh, what do you mean? And, you know, they, you know, they have visions of like Jim Jones or right. David Koresh in their head. And, um, and while that is certainly true, uh, what... And this is a way that we define cults at uh, Watchman Fellowship. We we use the four forms of math, add, subtract, multiply, and divide. And I think this is a good way to determine because when you look at like a dictionary definition of what a cult is, um, it seems like maybe we're all in a cult, you know. <laughs> uh, but and then also you have a theological cult versus a sociological cult. And, you know, those, those focus not so much on God, but... You know, um, sleep deprivation, um, low protein diets, and try to try to control people. This would be like Nexium, uh, something like that. Uh, Keith Raniere. But um, so this is how we define a cult at Watchmen. We say, well, do they add to the Word of God? 
you know, like the Book of Mormon or Course in Miracles or something of mm-hmm. that nature? Do they subtract from the deity of Christ? Do they multiply the requirements of salvation? Do they divide the followers' loyalty? And what, what we mean by that is, is are they saying, you know, to be a part of our group, we're the only real um, dealer of salvation, the only factory authorized dealer of salvation. And so, you know, if, if your uh, if your parents or your kids aren't a part of our group, you got to cut off contact. If, if they're going to reject mm-hmm. us, then you can't have any part of them. And so, then they put the followers completely on generally whoever the leader of of the cult is. Mm-hmm. And so, as you use this as a template over different groups, you can see well, a group like Jehovah's Witnesses, they fall right into it. Yeah, they do. Um, Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're checking a couple of those boxes. Oh, I love I love this is so I feel like putting this on a chart on my wall because um and this is on the website patterns in the cults they add to God's word they subtract mm-hmm. from Jesus they multiply requirements for salvation and they divide followers loyalties we are the only way and if you leave us you will not be saved so I really encourage people to look into that on the website. And memorize that because that's how you know, one of the ways you'll know that you have a cult. I want to, while we still have time in this first half, Brady, I want to talk about knock, knock, who's there? You know, when they come to your door, (laughs) I come to your door, I'm a Jehovah's Witness. What do you do? People really maybe don't know what to do. Should I answer? Am I equipped? I don't know if I'll say the right thing. I'm not sure what they believe. Whatever your some experiences you've had with them that that can help us be learning experiences for the listeners here who we've all had that knock at the door. Absolutely, the first and foremost, self before the knock ever happened. Because mm. when when you're dealing with Jehovah's Witnesses, you have to realize that while you go to church, your pastor is covering the whole Word of God. And, you know, he's working through all things, you know, uh, different aspects of life and, and living as a Christian and, you know, might only hit on apologetics, maybe if you're really blessed throughout mm-hmm. the year. But for a Jehovah's Witness, everything that they do is preparing them for these knocks on the door. Yeah. And mm-hmm. for the part, <laughs> you know, they're knocking on the door all the time. I'm, if if you want to be able to um, be a Jehovah's Witness, you've got to log your hours. And if you don't log your hours, you will be disfellowshipped. And so, therefore, uh, you've got to put the time in, which means that you're out in front of people, you know, multiple hours every single month. And, and they're kind of battle-tested at this point. And so, you know, you're not thinking about this or you're not thinking about all the different ways that Jesus made claims of his deity while here on earth because he never came out and just said, you know, uh, ego theos, you know, or ego me theos. You know, he, he never he never said that, I am God. Mm-hmm. Um, he mm. did say, I am the I am in John eight fifty eight, but um, But he doesn't come out with this statement. I'm kind of glad he didn't because what we see is what he, he said and did was so much more powerful because it drew him to um, the God of the um, the God of the Old Testament, Yahweh, and so we're not ready for these things. Mm. And so the, before that knock even comes, you've got to begin to prepare yourself, and you've got to have multiple tools in the toolbox. Mm. And and that's one of the reasons why at Watchmen we have the resources we do. We have a number of of free articles. Um, a lot of our profiles are available for free on our website. Um, we, we want this stuff to get to you. 
uh, either free or as low cost as we can possibly make it. Um, we have manuals uh, that you can actually walk through with a Jehovah's Witness wow. that are their material. Because you can hand them a track, and if they even take the track from you, they're not going to read it. Mm. Because if they were to read it or be seen reading it, uh, this could cause them some serious problems at their local Kingdom Hall. Mm. So um, th- those are a couple of the resources. I, I just put out a brand new course on online Christian courses called Conversations with the Faiths. Um, and um, I walked through, and that one I walked through Islam, Mormonism, and Jehovah's Witnesses, and then also have a mini course on Jehovah's Witnesses uh, on on that side as well. These are the things that that you've got to do to prepare. Yeah. Now the question comes is when that knot does come, what do you do? And I, I got to tell you, I handle this uh, the same way. I take my own advice, <laughs> and that is I generally don't try to have the conversation right then. Instead, what I do is I, I thank them for coming to my door. I thank them for you know, being zealous uh, about their beliefs and willing to, you know, to put the rubber to the road, so to speak. Um, and, and then I schedule a time for them about a week later and ask for them to plan for at least an hour-long conversation. And what this does is this now gives me a week to brush up and to uh, prepare myself uh, with uh, with my game plan for the questions that I want to ask them and the evidence that I want to show them, mm. and I usually like to ask them. A, um, I usually like to ask them a question about uh, John one one, um, and and this happened uh, this happened a while back. I, I don't uh, I don't get them knocking on my door anymore. In fact, the last time they were in our neighborhood, I watched them walk down the sidewalk and they stopped. They looked at my house. They looked down at their piece of paper. <laughs> Uh, then they looked back at my house again, and then just kept walking. Oh man! <laughs> so yeah. uh, they're, they're not they're not uh, knocking on my door, but uh, but when they did, um, I I said, "Oh, you guys, you guys must be Jehovah's Witnesses." And they're like, uh, "Yeah, we're we're witnesses of Jehovah." And and it was a pretty typical uh, situation, you know. There were two guys at the door. They they always travel in pairs, and um, you, two men or two women, uh, one usually a little bit older, one usually a little bit younger, kind of, kind of learning. Uh, but, but this group, uh, these two guys, uh, they, they had somebody else with them. And that was a little girl. She's probably about eight years old. And, um, and I said, yeah, I don't think I could ever be a Jehovah's witness. And, and they said, well, why? And I said, well, you guys are polytheists. And they're like, oh, you must have us confused. We are definitely not polytheists. Now I knew that they weren't polytheists, but, I want to have a little fun with them for a minute. And I said, well, I said, yes, you do. I said, your, your Bible, you know, your translation even says it. And they said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, in John 1, 1, it says in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. And they said, um, yes. And I said, so you're telling me you only believe that there's one true God? And they said, yes. I said, so then all other gods are false gods, Right. And they said, yes, that's, that's, that's true. And I said, well, John 1, 1, I said, that's talking about Jesus, isn't it? And they said, yeah. And I said, so it says Jesus was a God. And they said, yeah. So is he the one true God or is he a false God? Hmm. And at this point, I mean, you know, they're, you know, I mean, they're scanning their Bible, you know, they're, they're hoping, you know, that it says just kidding or something, uh, in, in verses two or three. And, um, and they said, well, you know, um, he, he's a mighty God. I said, okay, well, is he a mighty false God or is he a mighty true God? Wow. 
and, and so essentially in one verse their their theology is is destroyed mm-hmm. and so uh, usually that uh, at, at that particular point they um, you know they they were pretty ready pretty much ready to leave my doorstep yeah. and but I noticed this little girl's paying attention and so uh, I said guys I said I really would like to talk to you uh, this isn't a good time could you come back in about a week um, can I get your email address and we'll, we'll get everything lined up and I noticed and they don't want to give me their email address. And so I kind of shame them. I said, you guys come to my doorstep. You know where I live and you won't even share with me your email address. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, you know, the whole time this little girl's looking up at them and they said, well, finally one of them gives me their email address. <laughs> and this little girl looks up and goes, Hey, make sure he has my information because I, I want to be on this conversation too. Wow. <laughs> I wow. just wanted to welcome her. Come on in, honey. I'll tell you all about Jesus. Come on. <laughs> but um but that's kind of been my experience yeah. and um and what I do when they knock on the door. Well, and I never it never occurred to me to set up an appointment with them appointment with them because they do come. It's cold calling, they do come to your door. I'm surprised people even do that anymore because we live in a very dangerous world and you don't know who's behind that door. Um, yeah. You know, kids don't sell door to door anymore, pretty much because of these very things. But they are willing to do that. Um, so I guess I find that rather interesting that um, you set up an appointment with them. Now you don't go through a lot of a lot of doctrinal things. Do you mostly just ask them questions? Is that a good place to start? Yes, that's a great place to start. Um, I really recommend making the appointment in at least an hour. And I know the listeners are be thinking, what? You want me to, like, ask them to be a- at my house for at least an hour? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, in fact, I might even, um, sometimes I ask for two hours. And and we have manuals at Watchmen um, that go through different aspects of, of really problematic things within the Watchtower. What we have to realize with Jehovah's Witnesses is it's not about the Bible, it's about what the watchtower says. Okay. And and you really see this unpacked if you engage in something that we try to tell everyone not to do. And that's what we affectionately refer to as Bible ping pong. And that's where, you know, I throw out a verse, then you throw out a verse, then <laughs> right. I throw out a verse. Um, because it's a losing game. And, and you say, well, that's kind of harsh. You don't even know me. Well, here's the deal. Um, what you think is the back of their Bible is a whole nother section where it goes through and okay, you're Baptist or you're Methodist or you're, you know, whatever, you know, denomination, uh, that you're affiliated with. And then it has the different topics and different verses to go to. And remember, it's always, you know, there's always two of them and one of you. And so while one of them's giving you a verse, you're giving them a verse back. Well, the other one's sitting there, they're, they're loading up another verse. And so even somebody who, you know, essentially is, is doing this, you know, all the time for a living. Um, yeah, you're you're not going to be able to keep up. And, you know, as as um, you know, the apologist Greg Kogel says, never read a Bible verse. You, you got to you can't just throw out a verse. You got to look at the context of this. Sure. And so, um, the manuals that we have, they're photocopies of actual Watchtower publications. And what we want to do is we want to expose things within the Watchtower because if you can let the if you can let the Jehovah's Witness see that the Watchtower is a false prophet and a, a, a corrupt organization in what it teaches, then 
um, then they're going to be more likely to actually leave the watchtower and place their trust in, in the real Jesus for wow. salvation. Wow, a lot of great experience I know comes along with what you're saying, and uh, it's very helpful. It gives the listener something to think about, um, you know, how they want to handle this when it happens. We haven't had one at our house in a long, a long, long time, but I remember as a young believer seeing the watchtower at, say, the laundromat or, you know, places, public yeah. places like that and picking it up. And having a weird feeling about it, I was already a young believer, and I, I wasn't going to be easily swayed away from what I knew to be the truth. But still, you pick that up, and you look at look at it, and the, and the way it's written, and it's very engaging. And um, that is something that they have used as a tool for a very, very long time. This is Mary Danielson. You're listening to Stand Up for the Truth. We're with Dr. Brady Blevins of Watchmen.org. Highly recommended website so that you can be equipped to um, understand what a cult is, uh, what they are, what they teach, uh, and that you can be ready uh, to give an answer for the hope that is in you, led by the Holy Spirit, of course. That's, that's always the one in the room when you are doing that. And, and pray and trust the Lord uh, to help you with this. But um, we have the truth, and we need to uh, stand up for it and also uh, be able to give uh, an answer to anyone. So we are going to be back in uh, two minutes, and we're going to wrap it up about Jehovah's Witnesses with Brady, and then we're going to jump into Mormonism. So um, I am so glad you're with me today. We are listener-supported. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back in two minutes. Our social media pages are shadow banned. Thanks for your prayers and sharing our posts at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Welcome back to Stand Up For The Truth for this February the 8th. We are speaking to Dr. Brady Blevins from Watchman Fellowship, Watchman.org. Great, great comprehensive resource about cults. And uh, we were talking um, about patterns in the cults and actually the definition. I love this in this article, Patterns in the Cults. On the website, the term cult is based on the Latin word cultus, meaning veneration or adoration. It's also the basis of other English words such as culture and cultivation. Or any, uh, It's also used uh, in religious context to refer simply to any system of belief and worship. And also in that article, and I know Brady mentioned this, and I love this, I want to mention it again, is the mathematical terms for recognizing a cult. They, uh, they add to God's word, they subtract from Jesus, they multiply the requirements for salvation, and they divide the followers' loyalties. I really think that is uh, well worth remembering there. And uh, Brady, before we jump to Mormonism, is there anything you want to say also about Jehovah's Witnesses before we uh, vacate that subject? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there are a lot of different factors that... that really go into how the Watchtower has moved about, whether it be the false prophecies or the changing doctrines. One thing that we have to just really remember is that there is no silver bullet. Mm. You never know You never know what it's going to be that the Holy Spirit's going to use to convict mm. uh, the Jehovah's Witness that you're talking to. And, and I think a lot of times people, they just want something, they want something quick and easy and um, that's just not going to happen here. You have to be patient, and you have to really love them enough to do the work to be able to effectively share mm, your faith. Mm. And, and, I mean, I remember one time I had a year-long conversation with the husband and wife. They were, you know, both Jehovah's Witnesses. And, I mean, I, I, mean, I, was, I threw everything out there that I knew. 
And, you know, some of it seemed to have some impact, some of it didn't. And then we, one day we were just having a conversation, and I just brought up the passage of Matthew um, where uh, it said, in, and he shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. And, I mean, I wasn't even really thinking much of it. Mm. And the the gentleman just stopped. And we had a moment of silence for probably 10 to 15 seconds. It was a long time. Uh-huh. And he... Um, and, and it was just one of those moments. So you never know what 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 the Lord's mm. going to use to to convict somebody. So yeah. just be faithful and and do you know do your part in being a good student and really loving them enough to learn yeah. this information. Wow! It, and it does really boil down to loving these people uh, into uh, heaven. It, that really you have to have a heart for it. But also, I think you get more comfortable with it once you've done. The homework and and have have resources in your household that you can look at um, to brush up on these things. I, it is love and also being again led by the Holy Spirit. So thank you for that. Um, I want to move on to Mormonism. I mean, we could talk about Jehovah's Witnesses all day long. I'm sure. We could, but yeah. Mormonism again, they claim to be the only true church on earth, um, and so they have to have other books to explain what they believe and and there's an angel involved and of course Paul says if anyone if an angel comes with a different gospel mm-hmm. um and that's a really really clear straightforward verse but Brady could you just uh start us off here by telling us what mormonism is and then we'll we'll transition to um how different that might be when they come to your door what what is that involved so what what do mormons believe yeah mormons are some of the nicest people that you will ever meet mm-hmm. in, in this world. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're very very nice people. I have friends who are Mormons, and uh, even they, even though they know what I do, uh, <laughs> they're still friends with me. And um, they're they're really great people, but they've been deceived. Yeah. And this deception started by a fellow by the name of Joseph Smith. And uh, you have the first vision account where he. Uh, and there's you know there's multiple first vision accounts and we we won't get into all that today but uh ultimately uh he claims that he saw God the Father and God the Son bodily appeared to him in this vision telling him that all the churches um you know were uh you know were apostate heretical no good and that he needed to uh he needed to restore the one true church and um, really, from there, you have some doctrines that uh, are so far outside of Christianity. For example, uh, let's just go to Jesus for a moment. Uh, you know, Jesus is, um, he's not the Son of God in the way that we understand it, you know, as evangelical Christians. Because in Mormonism, God, or by his, his first name, Elohim, is... Uh, he's actually married, and uh, they they have a they have a planet near the star of Kolob, and uh, so Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother have had billions of spirit babies, and you and I are one of them, and Jesus also is one of them. In fact, Jesus is our spirit brother. There's really no difference between you and I and him, at least in what's known as the preexistence, and. Um, so these are all spirit children of of Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother, which also includes Lucifer. So that's right. In Mormonism, mm-hmm. Jesus and Lucifer are brothers. 
uh, and we're brothers and sis, you know, sisters as well, uh, to them. And so this is obviously, I mean, way outside of the idea mm-hmm. of Christianity. Mm-hmm. And so uh, within the Mormon uh, teaching that we existed uh, prior to being born on this earth in what's known as the preexistence, and we were there with Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother, and we at one point made the decision to come to earth, and we had to come to earth for a number of different reasons. But if we ever wanted to progress spiritually, we had to make this decision because you say, well, why would you want to leave Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother? Well, because you want to, uh, you want to progress in, uh, in this spiritually. So you had to come to earth. You had to do a number of things. You have to experience sin. You have to, um, you know, you, you need to become temple worthy. You need to be able to do a number of things. And I, I outline these in, in a um, couple of different teachings that, uh, that we have available. And, um, and then from there, when you die, um, you go to spirit prison. Now for, um, you know, for those who are, are true believing Mormons, they will, they will end up, um, in, um, one of three heavens. Now, for the rest of us who are not true believing Mormons, when we're in spirit prison, there will be uh, Mormon missionaries who will come to us, and they will share with us the restored gospel. But instead of rejecting it this time, um, you know, we will accept it, and then we will end up in um, really probably one of two heavens. They have the celestial, terrestrial, and then the celestial kingdom, and and. So for us, you know, we're good people. We 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 believed in God. We were just off in our doctrine. So we're gonna end up in that second heaven. Uh, you know, bad people though, like you know Hitler, Stalin, Mussolini. Uh, they're they're probably gonna end up in the first heaven. But there are some who don't make it, uh, or the first level, the lowest level of heaven. Let me say. Uh, but there are some people who will be sent to what's called outer darkness. And uh, the, these aren't what we would think of as bad people. These would mm. be a, people um, like, um, you know, kind of like my, my boss, James Walker, who used to be a true-believing Mormon, uh, and then he is now converted to Christianity. And um, so for them, they would say he would be cast out uh, to outer darkness. Now, some Mormons uh, disagree with that. In fact, that's been a question that James has asked them many times. Where, you know, where do you see me in eternity? And, yeah. um, and he, they, I guess when they're face to face, they don't want to look at him and say, Hey, we think you're going to, to outer darkness. Mm-hmm. Now, for the best Mormons, the ones who are temple worthy, the ones who, um, you know, did everything they were supposed to do, essentially lived a perfect life. Well, here's what happens to them. They will go to the third heaven, the highest heaven, the celestial kingdom. And if they and their spouse, are good enough, they can actually one day be a god and goddess of their own planet. They will be a heavenly father and heavenly mother for their own planet. And it kind of fulfills that Lorenzo Snow couplet, as uh, man is, God once Mm -hmm. was, and as God is, man may become. become. Yeah. Wow. Uh, You know, (laughs) without being flippant here, I want to say you can't make this stuff up, but somebody did make this stuff up. Yeah. And it just is grieves me no end that people could be um, taken in by these things. Um, if we have time towards the end, I want to talk about why cults are growing, because I think that's an important end cap to all this. But um, also, do they also believe about 
God himself, that he has not always been the supreme being of the universe, but he attained that status? Yeah, so Elohim, Heavenly Father, um, just as the Lorenzo Co- uh, Snow couplet says, used to be uh, a man just like we are. Wow. And he uh, he went to his uh, the the planet that that uh, his heavenly Father had created, and he lived and he did these things and he attained godhood. So ultimately, as we look up at, at God today, uh, heavenly Father Elohim, we realize that that's that's our goal that mm-hmm. we can end up we can be just like him. Period. Oh. Yeah, that's that. Um, I you know, even when I was lost at my lostest point, I did not believe that, and so I wonder if people uh, are more likely drawn to Mormonism who have absolutely no uh, form of religious training of any sort. Because if you did, I had twelve years of parochial school. You're really unlikely to believe that. I'm guessing. What do you think about that? Well. You know, you you know, you would think that, uh, <laughs> but some people, and and this goes to, I think, a sad picture sometimes of of the church. They go to church, and it's it's nothing more than than a social club, mm. and and they're not. And sometimes it's the individual's fault. Sometimes it's the church's fault uh, that there's no real solid theological teaching taking place uh, mm. taking place, and so therefore, uh, you know, they they have a Mormon come to them. Uh, and they're able to to get to, uh, to be deceived by this. Uh, for some, it's it's the family that they always wanted. It's that love and acceptance mm. because it, I mean, you go to uh, you know you meet Mormons. They're wonderful, warm, welcoming people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I have friends of mine. I see them once a year, and it's always an invitation to their house to have dinner, and and we spend time having having a real a, a real relationship where we talk about real things and mm-hmm. and so uh, that deception can sometimes supersede even the knowledge that you may have mm-hmm. uh, one of uh, for for years uh, one of the the best targets for Mormons uh, were Baptists mm-hmm. and, you know here you go you know you have Baptists who are historically known for their Sunday schools and and the, and the teaching but yet um, you have this particular denomination, um, is is a great target, and and to answer this question really the right way, it, it almost takes us right back to our front door. When those uh, Mormon missionaries knock on your door, they are going to put a challenge before you, and the the challenge comes in form of a verse from the Book of Mormon, which uh, is Moroni ten four, and and the verse says this, and when you shall receive these things, I would exhort you that. You would ask God, the Eternal Father, in the name of Christ, if these things are not true, and if you shall ask with a sincere heart, with real intent, having faith in Christ, he will manifest the truth of it unto you by the power of the Holy Ghost. And so they tell you, they say, listen, here's the test of the Book of Mormon. And so um, you need to pray and ask God uh, to, to if these things are true or not. And then what will happen for um, for many people is they have some kind of uh, a spiritual interaction that they assume is the Holy Spirit. Hmm. But as you started this broadcast out with, um, they didn't test the Spirit. They didn't go to 1 John 4.1 to see whether or not this was the Holy Spirit 
or a deceiving spirit. Hmm. And instead they go by their feelings. Yeah. And and Mormonism is so feelings based and it's and it's hard to overcome because the experience that they had, the spiritual experience that they had was real. Sure. It really happened. But it, it wasn't the Holy Spirit, it was a deceiving spirit. In fact one time uh, I was talking to a gentleman a gentleman and uh he was Mormon and and he said, you know, I, I shared his testimony with me. And I said, I said, well, let me ask you this. I said, have you ever had a feeling that was just overwhelming and it was good, but you learned that it was actually wrong? Mm-hmm. And he said, well, yeah, that's happened before. And I said, what was her name? And, of course, I was making a joke. I mean, I, you know, that was, you know, mm-hmm. that was just, you know, trying to, you know, build a little more rapport with him. And to my surprise, he went and started telling me the story. About about this girl he thought was going to be his wife, wow. and it didn't. And he had this strong feeling, and uh, and I said, "Well, do you think that maybe this could be the same?" And uh, mm. and so from wow. there we we talked a little bit about. Oh, the Lord said that. The Lord set you up there. That was just a door to walk right through, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It. It, yeah. Well, it had to have been God because I'm not yeah. that smart. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, and we want the Lord to do the, the heavy lifting when we're sharing with someone because of ourselves we may not know. We may have all the answers about what they believe, but we, God sees right through into their heart. So, uh, and God will give us wisdom about things. So there, there's that other thing happening. And the cults are growing, and I agree. Um, you know, as the church's influence in the world, I say with great sadness, winds down because the church has given way to um, a watered down gospel and, and what do people, what do you want to see in a church? You know, they might as well go door to door and say, what do you want to see in a church and build a church based on that? And people, the ones who have the answers are bailing. And, and so they're looking for answers and a sense of community, like you said, <clears throat> from someone else. And, and to some people, even wrong answers are still answers and they're not getting them from Christianity. So, Brady, what can the church do to make sure we are fulfilling our calling as a church and not uh, being a part of why these cults are growing? Well, the very first thing is you have to know what the genuine looks like to be able to spot yeah. a fake. Yeah. And so it, it really begins in the pulpit, uh, not just a, a feel-good message, but to actually teach doctrine, teach theology in the pulpit. Your small groups or Sunday schools or life groups or yeah. whatever you want to call them can't just be an hour a week of of you know, just talking about what's going on and and having a time of fellowship. Now, we do need fellowship, but we've got to dig down deep. We've got to understand what the Bible teaches. And then, um, and then you know, hey, have, have Watchmen Fellowship out yeah. <laughs> once a year or something like that. Yeah. Uh, take the time to do the hard work of apologetics. Mm. Uh, a lot of people, they don't want to do the hard work. I, I've spoken in many churches where people on the way out, they pat me on the shoulder and say, man, we're so glad you do this. And I'm thinking, uh, uh, well, it's actually all of our responsibility mm-hmm. to be able to give an answer to the hope uh, or a defense, yeah. an apologia, mm-hmm. uh, to the hope that lies within us, and we're to do it with gentleness and respect. But it takes a lot of effort. It does. And so, you know, take advantage of, you know, I mean, our, our ministry, we focus in on cults and the occult and, and that. Uh, and there's other ministries that focus in on other areas, and, and those are those are ministries that that we need to be a part of. We need to pray for them. We need to, um, you know, take advantage of the resources that they offer, right. uh, because 
I mean, I was I was a senior pastor for ten years, and I want to tell you right now, um, it it's hard. It, it was it was the hardest job that I've I've ever had, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I couldn't be. I had to be a generalist. I had to be. A, I had to know a little bit about everything, sure. but. You know, I often say, you know, compare my December to a pastor's December. You know, that's the, usually the busiest month for a pastor. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, my December is usually my slowest month. <laughs> I'm reading three or four books on Islam or Mormonism or Jehovah's Witnesses. Mm-hmm. You know, while they're having to worry about, you know, the Christmas Eve service and these 16 other things that are going on, plus their personal life. Yeah, And so... Take advantage of the specialists that are out there. Mm. Yes, good good advice. You know, when it comes to commitment, I mean, Christianity, we are bought with a price. And so there's the utmost commitment to go to the cross in this life. And yet these cults, when people join these cults, um, talk about demanding commitment, you know, as far as participation goes. Um, you know, if you reject that at some point, you are out. There, your sense of community is cut off. Um, that's never true with Jesus. You always have a sense, sense of community. You always have that fellowship. But people who aren't willing to make that commitment of, of living, um, dying to self and living the cross are willing to, to join a cult and all the, all the guilt and all the pressure that is involved there. Um, there's no reward there. There's no heavenly reward. There's no earthly reward of any kind there. So that kind of makes me scratch my head a little bit about why people would choose cults over the, the easy yoke of Jesus Christ, but people do it all the time. Um, and like I said, the church has minimized requirements to be a true believer. They're not getting their answers from the church. So it's a very sad situation. Um, but as far as apologetics go, um, Brady, I'm thinking you can't start too young. What about youth groups maybe um, having an apologetics oh, course yeah. or taking this on and starting with the high schoolers? Oh, absolutely. I, I think that... Um one of the one of the biggest mistakes that we make is that we don't take the time to, um, or, or rather, we underestimate what uh, these young adults can learn. Right, and and so we don't take the time to teach them. But I mean, that's that's where it begins because we lose so many of them when they walk out that youth group door yeah. uh, for church to go to go to college. Um, so many of them don't come back, and the reason is is that we haven't given them anything. Uh, to to cling on to, uh, we we haven't we haven't warned them sufficiently of the dangers that are out there. I mean, we, you know, we're worried about them using drugs or or having premarital sex, but we're not worried about the uh, the problem of of false teaching and false doctrine. And now with you know social media sites, you know like uh, TikTok and Instagram, uh, the the lie is getting out there much better than it ever has been before. Yeah. Yeah, wow. And also the other thing is the proactive aspect of giving our youth the word because the Bible, first yeah. of all, the word doesn't return void. And also, if they hide it in their heart, they, they're they much less likely to sin against God. Psalm 119 tells us that over and over and over. Uh, so instead of worrying about the sins they could commit, you know, I think proactively um, teaching them what God's word says and by comparison what the cults say, I think that would be incredibly profitable for our young people. And I, I would hope that youth group leaders would take that to heart and maybe um, start doing that in their churches. We only have four minutes left, Brady. It's been just a pleasure to have you on. Is there anything you want to say about the cults, the ministry, or Mormonism? Have we left anything off about that um, before we have to say farewell? 
Uh, well, we could definitely talk uh, talk for hours, and mm-hmm. it always amazes me how fast um, an hour goes by yes. uh, when we have these kind of conversations. Uh, but you know, it, this is so much of this is about deception, and what we have to realize is that every every single Christian, when they place their trust in Christ and the Holy Spirit indwells them, it is not an anti-deception vaccination, mm. and so. Mm. Just because someone has accepted Christ doesn't mean that they can't be deceived. Yeah. And and we have got to prepare ourselves. We've got to prepare our children. Uh, my son's a senior at the University of Oklahoma. And boy, for the, you know, when he, once he hit the ninth grade, we really ramped up the conversations. Uh, yeah. and, and, you know, I wasn't out there with flannel grass in the kitchen or anything <laughs> like that. No, I'm talking about having real conversations and really challenging him. And, you know, as a result, he's uh, he's going to graduate, Lord willing, here in a couple months with his faith still intact, uh, still God. attending mm-hmm. church every Sunday, yeah. uh, faithful to the Lord, and even doing some Bible studies during the week. And, mm-hmm. and that, that has nothing to do with me or my wife, has everything to do with, uh, with the Lord and his willingness uh, to continue on. Mm-hmm. Now... Um, so, uh, a couple of quick things. If, if, if they're interested, tools in the toolbox, watchman.org, the profiles. Uh, we have the profile notebook, physical, uh, big three ring, huge notebook. Uh, we have PDF and PDF's my favorite because we have an option where you can email it or text it or print it. Um, and then, uh, if they really want to dig deep, uh, we have the manuals on our website where they can go over to online Christian courses. And uh, sign up for the course uh, Conversations with the Faith. It just launched this past Monday, uh, but you could still hop on and get on. Uh, it's not too late. In fact, you could sign up today and, and still be uh, ready for our first Zoom, which is on Monday. Um, and then if you don't want to do that, we have many courses that are available there as well uh, on Mormonism, Islam, and Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, and those are great, great resources as well. So, uh, th- those are those are kind of the, I think the the great things that we have coming out right now that that your listeners uh, may avail themselves to and find to be beneficial. Fantastic. And I know that the website is easy to navigate. You will find what you're looking for. And it's almost like uh, Bible school courses. It really is. And if you have some time on your hands, I'm talking to the listeners here. If it, yeah, I really, really encourage you to brush up on these things. Uh, and know the truths, you can know the false, and um, wow, there's just so much that we all need to learn, and you don't always learn it right away, sometimes you have to brush up, uh, don't be hard on yourselves, well, I, you know, I haven't learned anything much since I've been to school, nah, it doesn't matter, we can always be learning, and God gives us the ability and the power to do that. Thank you, Brady Blevins, we really appreciate your ministry, we'll have to do this again sometime, because there's so much more we can cover, so thank you so much. Thank you. All right, God bless you. All right. Uh, remember, com. Sign up for our weekly podcast digest. You'll get that in your email inbox at the top menu bar. Click subscribe. Enter your first name and email address. And, of course, feedback is also in, always encouraged at comments at standupforthetruth.com. Tomorrow, Seth Gruber. We're going to talk pro-life with Seth, who's just uh, a real warrior on the front lines for life. And so stay tuned tomorrow with Seth Gruber. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Have a wonderful day on purpose.